Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Glenn Hubbard. For more about this podcast and other resources, visit our website at www.riverinthehills.com. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this day that you've made. And we rejoice, we choose to rejoice and be glad in it, Lord. We thank you for these 10 days of awe that uh, Jewish people and believers who understand, Lord, the Jewish roots of their faith, Lord, may we come before you with humble hearts. We thank you, Lord, that you speak to us, that you release to us divine awe at your beauty, at your love, at your tenderness, at your greatness. Lord, may we never lose the wonder of the cross. And thank you for such a great salvation. Would you have your way in our hearts today and empower us? Holy Spirit, I invite you to release in us, upon us, and through us that which you desire to release to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the Lord put this message on my heart during our Tuesday prayer set here a couple of Tuesdays ago. Uh, It's called uh, Fire Circle or Prayer for America. Uh, Kathy Wilson, are you here? Kathy, can you stand up for a second? Let's just let Kathy know we appreciate it. She leads our Tuesday prayer. It's called Fire Circle. Prayer for America. How many of you know America needs prayer like never before? Amen. It is a great way to turn to redeem our frustration in turn, by turning it into intercession. If we get frustrated, what do you do with it? We've got to give vent to frustration like a, like a, a pot uh, on a, a tea kettle, you know. Anybody remember those where it whistles when the steam? Well... God doesn't want us to walk around frustrated. He wants to turn those burdens into intercession where we release them before the throne. So that's what Tuesdays are about. Well, two Tuesdays ago, we were praying for specifically, it was the Tuesday after the last troops had left Afghanistan. And so we were very concerned. This is actually, I believe, the photo of the very last American soldier leaving Afghanistan. It touched me when I saw that. We were praying for their mental, and if you'll keep that up, we were praying for their mental and emotional well-being as probably most all of them felt horrible leaving that country the way they were ordered to leave. And so we were praying for them. We were asking God to keep them from depression, from guilt, and even from thoughts of suicide. And so as we were praying, I mean, we were engaged in this. I remembered back a man years and years ago who would come here, and he would come up to me mostly after the church services were over, and he would ask me to lay hands on his head because he'd been in an accident in which he had suffered brain damage. And he was saying, would you pray for me that I would think clearly, that I would remember things. And I remember having such compassion on him 
that was during this prayer set two Tuesdays ago. And, and then I kind of fast-forwarded to having a picture of this altar and believers coming up for prayer for head wounds. Not predominantly physical head wounds, although I believe there, there are needs today for people with neuropathies, neurological conditions, um, you know, per- perhaps from COVID and other things, um, but needing perhaps for headaches. But the, the, the big emphasis that I had during that prayer meeting was that people were coming forward for prayer for spiritual head wounds, for emotional head wounds. And it was for things like lies that we've been believing that have been like head wounds or fears that have gripped us or constricted our minds that are like head wounds. I believe spiritual head wounds have been inflicted on God's people in an escalated and intensified way over the last 19 months of COVID. And God in his mercy, I believe, wants to give us relief. God is so merciful. He not not only relief from physical headaches and things that are physical in our minds, but he wants to give us relief from emotional and spiritual wounds as well in our head. Roman numeral one, today I want to talk about God's solution to head wounds. God's solution to head wounds. Spiritually speaking, I'm speaking spiritually here, head wounds can include depression, despair, confusion, pessimism, morbidity, disorientation, hopelessness, irrational fears, fear of man, and in some cases, even nightmares. Don't raise your hand, but how many of you have sensed the battle for your mind increasing in one or more of these areas? I believe it is on God's heart today to heal us and deliver us in our minds. Thankfully, the one who made us and loves us has provided solutions for us through Jesus Christ and through the power of the cross. I want to talk about protecting our mind with the helmet of hope. The helmet of hope. I'm going to talk about that a little more in a little bit, but first of all, paragraph A, we need to understand that we as Christians are involved in a massive spiritual conflict with unseen evil forces that spans both heaven and earth. If you're a Christian, you in it. That's not good English, but it's good doctrine. If you're, if you're a Christian, you can't plead the fifth and opt out of the conflict. When you said yes to Jesus, he gave you a robe of righteousness, but he also put a uniform on you and he put you on a battleship. He didn't give you a little flower, lay around your neck and a Diet Coke and pull out a a beach chair and say, here, sit on the beach. He called you to storm the beach. The beach 
of northern France in the spirit because there's Nazis in the land, spiritually speaking. He wouldn't call us to something that he wouldn't equip us to walk in. So this isn't bravado. This is understanding scripture. Paul speaks about this in Ephesians 6, 10 through 12, really 10 through 17, but it's in your notes. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I'll just stop there and say, you ought to just repeat it again. You, when you came to Christ, you said yes to Jesus. You automatically became involved in this conflict with Satan and with the kingdoms of darkness. No one is exempt. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Notice we are in direct conflict with the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't wrestle against persons with bodies. Is what another translation says. We don't wrestle with, with, we wrestle with unseen evil forces. It says, goes on to say, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Notice it's not just on the earthly plane. It's in the heavenly places. It's on the heavenly plane. Paragraph C, then Paul goes on to give us the practical application. Most of you are familiar with this. He says, verse 13, therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Notice we weren't born with the armor on. We're not even born again with the armor on. When you're born again, you have the potential to put the armor on. But it doesn't drop on you automatically. You have to take it up. You have to put it on. Take up the whole armor of God that you may may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Notice Paul says there, there is going to come an evil day. It's not optional. The evil day, it's not that the evil day may come. It says it will come. I've experienced greater level of evil day these last 19 months. So our response is to be ready for the evil day and to be fully armed. Paul then goes on to emphasize the full armor of God. I have a picture up there. It's kind of small, but you can see it's basically, I'll just say it briefly. Most of you know this. Those of you who are at VBS this summer, you know it, right? The belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith with which we quench all the fiery darts of the enemy, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Now let me ask you a question. Which piece of armor protects the mind? The helmet of salvation, the thought life. It protects our mind against these head wounds of depression, and irrational fear, and whatever else may come at you. Francis Frangipane had a book called The, Battle, the Three Battlegrounds. 
years ago. One of them, the main place of the battleground is right here. Satan has access through demons to our thoughts. He puts thoughts in our mind. It wasn't the Holy Spirit that told you to go do that thing or to open that on your phone. Sometimes it was your own flesh. Sometimes it was the world system trying to talk you into it. But sometimes it was an evil spirit putting the thought in your mind. So we have the armor. We got to be ready. I want to share my, my favorite Bible teacher over my entire Christian life is Derek Prince. He's since gone to be with the Lord. But Derek Prince has a testimony of how in his early years, that's an early year of his early years, he had a great battle with head wounds of depression. You can even see the picture there. He doesn't look too happy. And he grew up British. And so a lot of people in Britain, they were kind of stoic like that. But he shares this testimony. How early in his ministry, he was pastoring a church in London. And God was blessing his ministry in many ways. But he had a tremendous inner ongoing battle with depression. A struggle with depression. Nobody on the outside knew what was going on. But he battled it. He decided, uh, he, he had sensed, he described it as this gray mist that would come on him. He described it as like a heavy weight that weighed him down. And the more, this is interesting, he said this, the more successful he was in ministry, the worse the depression got. You'd think it wouldn't be that way. But it got worse and worse. He battled it basically day and night. He tried everything to get rid of it. He tried prayer. He tried fasting. He reckoned himself dead to sin, but alive to God, Romans 6. And nothing seemed to work. Then one day, he came across this phrase. He was reading through Isaiah. He was reading Isaiah 61. And he came across this phrase in Isaiah 61, verse 3. The garment of praise in the place of the spirit of heaviness. The Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, that's your problem. It's not you. It's not a mental or psychological condition. It is a spirit. It is a person that hates you, that dogs you. He's unseen. He's a person without a body, and he's been following you throughout your life since you were a boy. He knows your weaknesses. He knows when and how to attack you. Derek, you are not fighting a person. You are fighting an unseen demonic spirit. The spirit of heaviness, or in modern English, the spirit of depression. It's important for me to stop right here and point out. Yeah, if you don't mind keeping the picture up, because I've got another picture of him later, but... It's important for me to point out that not all depression is satanic. There can be physical and mental conditions that also bring depression. However, 
we should be aware that heaviness and depression can be demonic. That's what Isaiah 61 verse 3 calls it, a spirit of heaviness. Paragraph B, the Lord not only showed Derek his problem, but I love this about the Lord. Mercifully, he showed him the solution to his problem. Now, I have a deep respect for Derek Prince. In fact, at one point, back when cassettes were popular, I think we owned every cassette Derek Prince ever put out, every teaching cassette. <laughs> They're still in my bedroom right now. They're all stacked up in there with dust because now you have the phone. But I'd respect him. He's had a ministry that spanned over six decades. I said he's gone to be with the Lord. But I respect him so much that... When he gave this testimony, it bore witness with me that much of the depression occurring today is demonic. And you deal with demons differently than you deal with mindsets or attitudes. You cannot counsel a demon away. You have to cast a demon away. We're in the conflict. You can't counsel it away. You have to cast it away. A person has to be delivered of a demon. His testimony bore witness with me that I believe today, in this hour in the church, the ministry of Jesus back then, one-third of his ministry was deliverance. It's salvation. It's proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. It's healing, but he also delivered people. Now, I want to say this as well. Christians, you are not possessed by a demon. You are God's possession if you said yes to Jesus. But as a Christian, the Greek word there in the, your King James says demon-possessed, it's the Greek word demonazomai. And it means to be under the influence of a demon. Or in other nomenclature, you, you, you can be demonized, be under the undue influence of a demonic spirit. And so the Lord showed him, showed Derek that he could be set free. He felt the Lord showed him, and said, so because Derek shared it this way, I'm going to kind of go with his lead here. For him... He, was deli- he, he said the Lord gave, showed him two phases to, his, to the solution, to this spirit of depression, spirit of heaviness. Two phases to be victorious in this area. Little A, paragraph little A, the first phase was a deliverance by the power of God. Deliverance by the power of God. Then the little B there is, then he had to walk in protecting his mind. So that's really where I'm going to, Go here these next minutes. Deliverance and then walking in protecting his mind. Derek found a promise in Joel chapter 2, verse 32, that says, And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. Amen. He came across that and went, That's great. That's what I need. And he saw the whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. And he thought, That's as all-inclusive as John 3.16. Whoever believes in him will not perish. He said, whoever calls on the name of the Lord 
will be delivered. And so Derek took that promise from Scripture, acted on that promise by faith. He called upon the name of the Lord and said, Lord, deliver me. And he doesn't go into detail about how, but he got delivered from that spirit of heaviness. That mist cleared off. That weight on him got lifted off. Somebody described one time demonic oppression like a claw on their mind. That claw got released. I got, I've got good news today. God wants to set people free today from those claws on the mind. So you can walk in victory, so you can walk in authority, so you can walk in confidence. Because fear, which is one of those head wounds, it paralyzes us. Feeling, feeling condemned keeps us from being the church in the fullness of what we're called to be. And so he showed him that. And here's the picture of Derek once he got delivered. At least I found one later on. He got delivered and look at, look at him now. There he is. That's what it's like. It's like going from being under a cloud to being in the sunshine. And so that was the first thing. Then the second, God showed him it wasn't over. That deliverance was like a one-time thing. You know, you get delivered, but then he couldn't walk in freedom without phase two. Once we're delivered... We have to learn how to protect our mind against depression and pessimism. And this is really where the rubber meets the road. Because you can come up and have someone pray over you and be delivered. And then you've got to do the heavy lifting of daily renewing your mind and protecting your mind. So that's, that's what the Lord showed him to do. God's part of the solution was to deliver. But Derek's part was to learn to protect his mind daily. Roman numeral three. So how do we protect our mind from head wounds? From debilitating thoughts and thought patterns that come at us regularly. That seem to keep following us around. Well, Ephesians 6, we looked at it earlier. We said what protects our mind is the helmet of salvation. I'm so glad he's given me the armor and the helmet of salvation. What does the helmet do? It protects the head. It protects our mind. It protects our thought life from head wounds like pessimism, depression, unbelief, negativity. Now, I've kind of gotten heavy here, so I just want to give us a little bit of a breather here. I want to show Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh (laughs) because Eeyore, he needed the helmet on his head from being pessimistic. And so just take a little breather because I'm, I'm almost through, but I want us to look at this. Uh, if we can look at Eeyore and turn to Good morning, Pooh Bear. If it is a good morning, which I doubt. Hannah, did I get your tail back on properly, Eeyore? No matter. Most likely lives it again anyway. Poor dear. You know, I may have just the thing. Up, up, up you go. <laughs> there you are. It's an awful nice tale, Kanga. 
much nicer than the rest of me. It's not much of a tail, but I'm sort of attached to it. Not much of a house. Just right for not much of a donkey. Might take a day or two, but I'll find a new one. End of the road. Nothing to do. And no hope of things getting better. Sounds like Saturday night at my house. Wow. <clears throat> if Eeyore could come to the front right now, we'll... We laugh at it, but I know what it's like on Tuesday afternoon or Wednesday morning or some, somewhere in traffic and things come in. God says you have the mind of Christ as a Christian, but there's an enemy who hates you and there's a world system and there's a lot of the media and other things trying to fill us, fill our minds with other things. So... This is common. It's something that God's going to help us to put this helmet on and to keep it on. We're not going to take it off after today. Paragraph A, what is the helmet of salvation? Think about it. If I'm already saved, why would I need to put this helmet of salvation on? I have salvation. Well, that's not what it means. The helmet of salvation is something more than just the fact that you are already saved. Because think with me, Paul is writing this in Ephesians chapter 6 to the Ephesian church. He's writing to Christians saying, you Christians, and by the way, the Ephesian church, they were Christians who'd been filled with the Holy Spirit. So he's talking to Christians who are filled with the Holy Spirit and saying, you need to put on the helmet of salvation. Wow. So he's not saying you put on, you got saved again today. Yeah. It's something more than that. The fact that we're saved doesn't mean that we're wearing the armor. It's the saved people who have to identify what it is. And we're going to look at that and we have to put it on ourselves. So let me ask you again, think about it through just rhetorically. What is the helmet of salvation? It's not where you just kind of put your hand on your head before you go out in the day. I put on the helmet of salvation. All right, great. You know, it's good to say that out of your mouth, but it's not just a, a ritual thing you go through. Paragraph B here, where here's where having a physical Bible helps. Because when you look at Ephesians 6, 17, and you read that, take up the helmet of salvation, if you look over into the margin, most Bibles have this. This is a photo of my Bible, page 1655. The 17 up there is Ephesians 6, 17. What does it say? 1 Thessalonians 5, 8. Now that is, uh, the A there is referring to this phrase, helmet of salvation. So let's look at 1 Thessalonians 5.8 and see what it says. First of all, it says, Therefore, let us who are of the day be sober, putting on 
the breastplate of faith and love. So I'm going to stop right there, pretend you don't see the rest of that verse, and say there are two pieces of armor in this verse that we saw in Ephesians 6, 17, correct? The breastplate, which covers, it's obvious, the breastplate cover protects the heart. And the breastplate is explained here as faith. Faith. Faith is, now this should be, this isn't really the breastplate, this is another thing, but pretend it is and I'm strapping it on, okay. This is faith that protects my heart against what? Against the evil accusations that I have a bad heart. You can't expect anything from God because you've got a bad heart. Well, you, you know what faith says? Wait, when I said yes to Jesus, he took out a heart of stone and he put in a new heart in me. I have a new heart. Well, you're not accepted in the beloved. You know, you're, you're not accepted by God. You can't ex- ask God for things. You say, wait, the Bible says I'm accepted in the beloved. I have faith that that's true. You see, we protect faith, protects the heart. It's in the heart. But now look, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. So faith protects the heart. Faith is in the heart. Hope is in the head. Do you see that? Now, what's what's the difference? Well, hope is confidently expecting good things to come to you. See, what is the opposite of hope? Hopelessness. It's not going to happen. Good things aren't going to happen. Now, I don't care how my hair looks after this. (laughs) But I want to do this because I want you to see this and I want you to think what actually the helmet of salvation is. It is hope. I know I look goofy. Doesn't matter. Think Hope. Hope protects my mind against hopelessness, against thoughts that try to come in, against head wounds that are like Eeyore that say, it's not going to happen. It, who, you know, you can't really stand on the word. You can't forget that. You can't have hope. It protects our mind. Now you say, wait a minute, Glenn, again, hope of salvation. Why would I hope in something I already have? It's not what it's saying. Salvation there, it's in your notes, is the Greek word. Worship team, if you can, worship team, do you mind? Come on up. Salvation is the Greek word, comes from the Greek word sozo. And it means You have to dig kind of for it in all the different meanings, but the Greek word there means to be made whole. So you're hoping, you're confidently expecting that Jesus, because of what he did on the cross, he can make your body whole by healing your body of a sickness. See, what's the opposite? Oh, I'm never going to get healed. See, your head, you're getting a head wound. Oh, well, they got sick and they didn't get better. No, you put the helmet on and say, I expect I'm going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. 
That's a verse in your notes. The enemy says, you're not going to see God's goodness in your finances. Oh, no, Lord. You're going to make my finances whole. Sozo, to make whole. I have hope that you are going to release your goodness in my life, in my physical body, in my mind, in my emotions, in my spirit, in my finances, in that relationship. Don't give up hope because the Bible is full of promises that you can stand on and quote when those thoughts try to come at you. You're putting on the helmet of hope when you say things out of your mouth. So here are three things. When the thoughts come at your mind of depression or heaviness, you, you reject those thoughts, you quote scripture, and you begin to build a scriptural basis for being an optimist. It is our destiny as Christians to be Bible-believing optimists every day of our life. We have to retrain our mind. We have to get scriptures in us, like Romans 8, 28. We know God causes all things to work together for good because I love him. So when, when, when you look at that messy situation, you go, oh, that's horrible. You stop and wait and say, wait, I have hope that God's going to cause that to work together for good because the Bible says it. My faith is, my heart is right. I, wanna get, I got a new heart that wants to give you glory. I'm not going to believe the lies that I've have, I have a bad heart. God gave me a new heart. I'm going to renew my mind and I'm going to reject the wrong thoughts. I'm going to quote scripture and I'm going to fill my database with scriptural basis to be a Bible-believing optimist. Paragraph D, I put it in there. God's part is to deliver us from the spirit of heaviness. Our part is to take up the helmet of hope. And we never have to take it off. We never have to take it off. We can continually fill our mind with the truth of God's word and walk in hope. We can be, we have to retrain our mind though. I'm kind of repeating myself because I really want it to get in our heads. It may not happen overnight. If you battle with pessimism or you've had a family, you know, from a family line that's pessimistic, you have to retrain your mind. But in time, there will be optimism that takes over in your life. It may take it may take months, it may take years, but you can truly stand in that and say, I am an optimist because I believe in the word. It is a denial of the Christian faith to say, well, I'm just born that way. I'm just pessimistic. It's just the way it is. If you believe the gospel, then you will understand that you can be and you're called to be optimistic and believing the best. Would you stand up if you would to your feet? I saw in that prayer meeting two Tuesdays ago that Kathy led us in
the, the Lord releasing grace for our minds, for our thoughts. I believe the, t- the two phases, deliverance and then walking it out by putting on that helmet of hope are, are still alive and applicable today. And so I'm going to do something a little different. I'd like all the music to stop, even the pad for a moment. Just for, I want to lead us in a prayer of deliverance. It's not for, you know, if you are, if you are saying in your, in your heart, you know, I feel that, that there's a person without a body that keeps kind of weighing on me or a claw in my head. I can't really stop thinking negatively and pessimistically. I want to lead us corporately in a prayer of deliverance because that's how you deal with the spirit and so like I said without any fanfare I want that you know we those of you who come from a liturgical background you say things out loud okay I'm, I'm I would like us we believe by the way faith is in the heart you believe Romans 10 says you believe with your heart that's faith you confess with your mouth unto wholeness. So let's say this out of our mouth. Just say it with me. Say it together. Heavenly Father, Joel 2.32 says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. So I choose to act on this promise by faith. I call upon you, Lord, to deliver me from the spirit of heaviness and depression. My body is a temple for the Holy Spirit, redeemed, cleansed, sanctified by the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now let's just allow the Holy Spirit to move in. Thank you, Lord. Lord, this is a whoever, whosoever calls on you. So, Lord, I'm in that. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I think it's a good thing to say thank you out of your heart or mind. Just thank him now by faith. Say, I thank you. I'm acting by faith on your promise. Yeah. Claws go. Heaviness go. I'd like to open this altar. You can begin to play. I'd like to open this altar for physical healing for head wounds. Just come forward if you need physical healing for headaches. For disorientation. For any kind of neuropathy, neurological battles of just in the physical realm, just come forward right now and we'll have some people to agree with you. We're not saying they'll lay hands on your head if you if they because it's what I saw in my spirit, the Lord releasing healing for physical headaches migraines you don't have to live with it 
like you to come forward if you want help with hope. Come forward and get your helmet today. Said by an act of faith. Say, I'm coming forward to put on that helmet of hope. Just come forward right now. You don't have, you can stay where you are, but I want to open the altar up for those. It'd like our, uh, anyone in the Sunday school class, anyone, any uh, staff or elders or any of our intercessors that are there on Tuesdays, yeah. Just come on, come forward, anyone, and, and just pray, as you're led to pray for these. Holy Spirit, I invite you to come with healing in your wings. Lord, we thank you for deliverance and we thank you that we can daily walk in hope. We put on the armor of God and we don't take it off. For someone here today, maybe you're not saved. You can't have true and lasting hope because you're not in Christ. You haven't opened your heart and received Jesus. And so for you, the helmet of salvation is the first step saying, I want salvation today. I want salvation today. I'll stand over here as the worship team prays and say, I want, I want salvation. I want hope that's beyond the grave. I want to live in that hope. Now, anyone else who's led to pray for any of these up here, I just want to release you to come up and pray for one another. I believe the Luke 4.18 word that you gave Lindsay, Lord, is released right now to set captives free. The opening of prison doors in the mind. And I declare, as we are officially going to dismiss I'd like everyone else to just open your hands. I want to pray for protection for your mind and your thought life this week. Just open your hands to the Lord if it helps you to engage. I have the mind of Christ. I am accepted in the beloved. I'm just going to say if some things that are part of this database out of my mind, I'm going to speak them over you. You are seated with Christ in heavenly places. You are a hundredfold Christian. You are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. You can expect the good to see the goodness of God in that situation this week. When the enemy tries to come and say, you can't, God's not going to be good to you, say, I declare, God, you are. I will see your goodness in the land of the living. All the enemy says, oh, it's all messed up. Say, I declare that messed up situation is working together for my good. What the enemy meant for evil, you are turning it for good. Say that out of your mouth when those thoughts come. Lord, I thank you for strength this week to reject the accusations of the enemy about against our heart and against our mind. We put on and we keep on on our minds, the helmet of hope in Jesus. We hope in you. We thank you, Lord, that we will see turnarounds in our lives and in our nation.
this week. This week, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. To download the notes and slides for this message, visit our website, riverinthehills.com. If you would like to partner with us in moving God's heart and changing the world, please subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and share this episode with a friend.